Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello, everyone around the world. And welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're addressing a most important topic. In fact, the future of humanity depends on it. Yes, we're talking about children especially those children who are the more aware souls being born and growing up in these incredibly challenging times. Some of these children are incarnating with the goal of transforming our society and our overall awareness for the better. So we all better learn to say hi kids and be able to talk with them as old souls in young bodies. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you are a parent to children, a school teacher, a pediatrician, a nurse, a nanny, a babysitter, minister, or just someone who is interested in the well-being of kids in the world. You will communicate with a younger person sometime. And as a matter of fact, even if you're not interested in kids at all, they're not going to be completely out of your pathway you will have your chances to say hello as well. Even if you're still a child yourself, you can learn to say hello to other children who are more aware as souls than the average person, child, or adult. We've had the theme of this season's episodes of our show as being communication in its many facets. Yet we always come back to the essence of real communication as that hello that originates from within ourselves as spirit and reaches the other person as spirit. In the world at large, much of this intimate and true communication between souls has been ignored or forgotten. Most people tend to see themselves and others as bodies or body-centered personalities. Yet, real communication that heals and transforms society into a healthy, peaceful community is spirit-centered. And if incarnating souls do not get to experience true spirit-to-spirit communication early on in life, what hope would we have of truly changing the world for the better? So many of the tough challenges that today's children face are the direct results of the lack of this kind of communication. When a child or an adult experiences not being seen or heard, who is not being seen or heard is the soul of that person, the being that he or she really is. We could attend to all the physical needs of a child, but that child isn't going to be truly happy without the soul being recognized and communicated with. It's natural for loving parents who grew up in poverty to want to shower their kids with material wealth 
they never had or teachers who were raised in abusive or dangerous environments to want the utmost safety for children. Yet the most important healing gift that could be offered to children, no matter what their situation might be, is validation of spirit that they exist, that they are, and spirit-to-spirit communication. With spirit-to-spirit communication, children and adults as well are empowered to be the creative beings that they are. Then there is no goal they cannot attain that they aspire to. On the other hand, when the spirit of the child becomes invalidated, all the riches, accomplishments, or even awards in the world will not set him or her free. All too often in this modern, high-tech world, the light that burns brightly within the child gets ignored by too many people who are important to that child. That doesn't mean that all of those people are mean or cruel or terrible people. Quite the contrary, most of the people who ignore the spirit of the child are good, loving people who just never had the experience of being treated as the souls they are by others. So, they are doing what they consider their best, but if that doesn't include at least some degree of recognizing the spirit of that child, a lot can be lost by the wayside. And please, I'm not talking about enabling the child to demand validation for every little task accomplished either. This subject is about recognizing the spirit of your child and making sure he or she is aware you see them, not just as a body, but who they really are, that soul within that body. Michael, you've You've had quite a few extraordinary experiences with working with children of all ages and backgrounds and in different situations over the years. Do you have a couple of stories you'd like to share that might shed some light on the importance of communicating with children as the bright souls that they are for our listeners? Oh, yes, I got all kinds. (laughs) I've had so many amazing experiences with incredible kids over the years and all over the world. Just like with adults, every child is different in that the soul that is incarnated in that still growing young body is learning at a different level of consciousness. It's not too different from regular schooling here on earth. For example, a six-year-old in first grade is learning at a vastly different academic level than a teenager in college. In our soul development, the difference isn't in intellectual or academic degrees. It's in awareness, life experience, and wisdom. A four-year-old child in preschool could be much more aware and wise than a 19-year-old in college. Of course, the opposite can be just as much the case. So we can't judge the child's soul development by physical age or intellectual accomplishments. I've been with very wise and very aware souls incarnated in quite dysfunctional bodies or with physical conditions that are diagnosed as severe illnesses or genetic conditions. Some of them have been difficult for most people to understand just from their speech because 
They can't talk the way most people talk. Yet, they are brilliant. Some even so on an intellectual level as well as the spiritual. One of my early experiences with extraordinary souls and little wadis came years and years ago when a concerned mother brought her eight-year-old son to see me. She was at her wit's end because he was about to be expelled out of his school because the teacher considered him to be mentally deficient or at the very least have severe learning disabilities. When she brought him into my room, I immediately, (laughs) I started laughing and rejoicing. He was as bright of a light that I had ever seen. His mother was perplexed at my celebration, but he wasn't. He smiled and his eyes sparkled behind the Coke bottle glasses that were plastered with, on the psychic level, you know, I, I see on the clairvoyant level, they were plastered with images uh, that people like classmates and teachers alike threw at him saying, idiot, stupid, you nerd, get out of my way, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I was amazed he could even see through those glasses. It was so coated with images. So I told his mother in no uncertain terms that not only was her son not retarded or mentally deficient in any way, he was one of the brightest and most capable people I've ever seen, whatever his age. The boy was delightful. He turned to his mother and said, See, Mom, I told you I was okay. Then his mother stuttered out, you know, to me. But but all his teachers agree he's failing and that he is beyond their help. (laughs) (laughs) I got to laugh a lot in that session. Of course, all his teachers knew he is beyond their help. He was light years more aware and even smarter than them. (laughs) So I took a deeper look at his situation. First thing, I saw a little girl classmate that sat right behind him, that pestered him all day long. I think she was kind of interested in him. But she would pull his hair and kick his chair and talk to him incessantly during class. I told him about her, and, and he turned to his mother again and said, See, Mom, I told you that Sally was bothering me all the time in class. <laughs> then the biggest thing that was negatively impacting this delightful and amazing boy was the principal of the whole school. It was uh, some old karma that I saw, and the soul of that principal was not about to move on from it, even if the soul of this child already had moved on. So I told his mother about the very negative effect the principal was having on her son. Of course, the boy then turns to her again and says, See, Mom, (laughs) I told you the principal doesn't like me. Poor Mom. (laughs) She, She just couldn't understand at the time. She answered her son, How can he not like you? He's never even met you. You've never met him. And her son's immediate answer to her was, No, I saw him one day walk across the playground, and I knew he didn't like me. 
wow, this kid had a such a clear understanding of jealousy and the hate the principal carried over from a prior lifetime with him. They didn't. When the principal walked across that playground, he was way on the other side. You know, when you see people as a little person way out there, you can hardly notice. Yeah, they didn't come together. They didn't talk. They didn't run into each other physically. No. He knew from way on the other side, without any physical or verbal interaction with that principal, that he did not like him. On the other hand, the boy's learning process involved how to deal with others' jealousy, competition, and even hate toward him for being so bright and capable and loving. Yeah, this is some of you listening today, you know, when you are extra bright, you're extra capable and, and extra loving, or you're successful. There's going to be other people out there People you don't even know who take one look at you and go, I don't like you. I'm going to make sure you don't do well. I'm jealous, right? That happens. So a soul like this child needed to learn early how to deal with other people's jealousy and competition and even hate for no reason, no good reason at all for anybody to be that way because he doesn't provoke that other than he's just extra bright. Well, just that little bit of communication, that bit of energy work on that situation was all I gave the two of them. The boy left standing a foot taller and beaming while his mother left (laughs) with more questions than answers. But a month later, she called me to tell me that everything in her son's life at school had completely changed ever since that reading. He had just received commendation from the school as the most improved student of the year. In fact, the boy wanted to send me the commendation. He he made a he had his mom make a copy of it, but instead of sending me the copy, he sent me the real stuff. And it was quite something. Uh, Then the next month he was voted as Uh, voted in as class president by all his classmates. Then he also joined the soccer team, immediately elected as its team captain. Amazing, right? The accolades and accomplishments kept tumbling in over the next year. There was nothing he didn't excel in. Academics, sports, creative endeavors, and social arenas. This is, this is a kid that, you know, was about to be expelled because he couldn't do anything right. Amazing, isn't it? So, one year later, his mom brought him back to see me again. And she said the same thing was happening all over again. When, for a whole year, everything was just absolutely miraculous. Well, guess what? I immediately saw it was the principal again. This time, however, the light bulb went on over the boy's mother's head when I said that to her. The year before, she had no idea why I insisted it's the principal. (laughs) She then reached into her purse and said, hang on a second. She dug out her appointment calendar, flipping through it, 
And then she looked up with astonishment and said, I can't believe it. You've been saying that it was the principal all along trying to crush my son's spirit that was affecting him all this time. I didn't understand what you were talking about back then, especially because everything immediately got better after we saw you a year ago. But as I look at my calendar, you know, I, I make notes in all the important things to do with my son during the year and with the school, and it shows that the principal went on a year sabbatical just a few days after we saw you last year. He was gone to Europe for the entire year. And then he came back to be resumed as the principal the day I noticed my son started to crash in school. She, I was going to say that's a pretty amazing story. It is. So when all this happened, she immediately turned to her son and said, I'm enrolling you in a different school starting Monday. And she did. She just took her son right out of that school with that principal. And she said, no, you can go to a different school. And the boy never had a problem in school after that. Yeah, and he grew up to be a quite a wonderful young man. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> now he's a you know proud father and of brilliant kids and married and he has a great job and he, he's he's doing incredibly well. A little communication goes a long ways. But that little communication was based on the validation of the spirit of the boy. I was talking to him as the bright spirit he was and not what everyone else thought was a problem. Well, our first break, believe it or not, is coming up. So if you haven't already signed up to join us for our next major in-person seminar weekend, which will be taking place in beautiful Burlington, Vermont, on September 21st and 22nd, that's in uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after, be sure to call our office or to go to our website events calendar and do so. It'll be an amazing weekend of two all-day seminars taught by Michael for celebrating your courage, compassion, and clairvoyance to help you see your way through these crazy, challenging times. On Saturday, Michael will teach, learn to use your intuition and clairvoyance joyfully, having the courage to be your compassionate self. Then on Sunday, he'll offer you learn to live by intuition and clairvoyance, having the courage to live your truth. Today's challenges are not for the faint of heart. If you weren't a courageous soul, you wouldn't be incarnated now. That is for doggone sure. Learn to have your courage to be compassionate and access your inner being, your inner knowing, and sight to live your most loving, joyful life. It's time for you to have much more certainty in yourself and in what you know to be true. Shine your light ever more brightly in this world. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. That's T-A-M-U-R-A, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific Time, Monday to Friday, and talk to our wonderful assistant, Noelle. We'll return in a couple of minutes to continue with Hi Kids, Talking with Old Souls in Young Bodies. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's quite common for people to wonder whether happiness is real or just an illusion. Yet we all have an inner voice that is telling us that we need to change. Where to begin? Start by taking time out of your schedule every week for Revelations and Wonders, Secrets to Life and Happiness, with host Fabian Edju. There is a true beauty within your soul, and happiness flows from inside. We'll help you find that new confidence within. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome to our show again, everyone. Let's get right back to our topic today, High Kids, Talking with Old Souls and Young Bodies. We're discussing the importance of talking with the spirit of children, especially those who are old and more aware souls growing up as children at this time. What a thing, you know, when you come in as a soul and you have to try and learn to get in communication where you're already set to go the second you come out. And I actually ran into somebody like that one time. Um, I think I've told the story before, but I read this fun book, which was a children's story about it, a little girl who, whose parents didn't have a clue, and she was kind of a genius, and they thought she was pretty stupid. Oh, Madeline. Yeah, Madeline, yeah. I think a, a Disney movie was made out of it. <laughs> and the book was sent to me by a friend, and it was just one of those perfect timing things where one day I had a couple hours, so I sat down and read the book, and I thought it was precious. And I had a question when I finished the story, which was, are there really any children like this? Mm. And that evening, Michael and I went to a theater to yeah. see a movie, and I don't even remember what movie it is, because this was the more important thing that happened, <laughs> is after the movie was over, um, I had to go to the restroom, and I went in, did my thing, was coming out to wash my hands, and I heard something, and I turned my head, and there's this tiny little thing, she couldn't have been older than three and she had her hand on her hip. She was looking up at me, and she was stomping her foot. <laughs> and she said, I said, what is your name? And she spoke to me as if she was 13 and not 3. 
And I looked down at her and I told her my name. And I said, I had to tell her why I had a name like that. And we had this little conversation. And then her mom came out from another stall. And I asked her mom, uh, how long has she been talking like a teenager? And she said to me, literally, this child (laughs) came out talking. So that was my only encounter with her. But she was just like the child in that Madeline book. And I called her in to to learn that there are children out there like this. And um, in some ways, they have a head start in life because they learn to read earlier and they're highly intelligent often. Sometimes they're, they're average intelligence, but they have the old soul has so much experience that sort of uh, makes up for the fact that maybe they're just average intelligence and, and do regularly in school and maybe somebody might not even notice them and unless somebody actually said hello to them but I also have uh, you know Michael and I have been doing this work for a very long time 40 some years for Michael and 30 some years for me so we've had a chance to see a lot of children who have grown up around this psychic life if you will uh, and and to see how things work and one of my experiences a, quite a long time ago was a, a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine, had several sons, and she had a new baby. And she was telling me this story afterwards, and she was so amazed by it. She said she was holding her child in her arms, and her child told her telepathically or whatever way he told her that they needed to go to a restaurant tonight because there's someone he wanted to meet and see that he hasn't seen in a long time. And so she spoke with her husband and said, are you up for taking the kids to the restaurant? And where they lived, which was Half Moon Bay, um, there was one really child-friendly restaurant. So they decided to pack up all the boys and go there. And so they were just putting their youngest child in the baby seat, in the infant seat that they usually have at restaurants. And lo and behold, he locks eyes with some man across the way, and the man comes over and they have a 15-minute conversation, the two of them. And my friend was so stunned by this because he had told her he wanted to talk to this person, and there he was. And this is how amazing it can be for people who start to wake up. You know, we, we, we surround ourselves with um, students of awareness and those who are quite aware And we get to experience a lot of these kind of stories. And it's very, very amazing to me. So, yeah, it's, you know, and, and there's, see, psychic abilities. People think it's just about, you know, seeing spirit or the future, being able to tell what somebody's thinking, all that stuff. It's true. But. Being psychic just means you're a soul, so everybody's psychic. And then when you start coming in to an incarnation, you're born as a baby, everybody's born as a baby, (laughs) and you have to grow up. So it doesn't matter how old or how advanced in awareness and experience that soul is from previous incarnations, still, you have to start as a baby in, in this physical world. So that's that's a lot of challenges, even for someone who's incredibly capable. 
And it depends on what you're here to do as that soul. What is what is your purpose for in this lifetime that you have to fulfill and what, what kind of things that you have to learn? Because we keep coming back here until we learn everything. We need to learn to be completely free and awake. So then, of course, it's just like with regular school, the further you advance in school, the higher grades, college, postgraduate, and professional training and everything, it gets more and more challenging, doesn't it? Right? It's You can do it because you've done all the steps before, so you're prepared to take the next challenge. That's why a person can't go from first grade and then go straight to postgraduate. <laughs> you don't have enough experience, training, whatever, practice, to be able to handle the challenges of learning at that much higher level. So the same happens on a spiritual level. Being psychic just means your soul and where your abilities start to shine is what you're interested in and what abilities you need to be able to fulfill those interests. So not everyone, not every soul has to be intellectually uh, superb. Uh, not every soul has to be an athlete. Not every soul has to be musically talented. Not every soul has to be uh, like um, be able to be a clairvoyant reader. But the thing that happens, the more, the further the soul becomes, the more aware they become. Where they channel that awareness depends on their interest and what they're here to do. So those souls whose path is going to be as an artist, their psychic abilities get channeled in the arena that's comparable to art and compatible to that. If the soul's path is to be a mathematician, it's going to be channeled toward that kind of a understanding. So then, an old soul that is born into a baby body and starts to grow up has to first learn how to, how to relate to the parents, especially if the parents are not really that aware yet. They're not awake. They may be old souls too, but they haven't woken up to the fact that, oh, this life is, is a spiritual life, no matter what it is you do in the world. And if they don't recognize that child as the soul, but the child does, the soul of that child recognizes you, what's going to happen? Well, the child's going to have a challenge. Part of the lesson for the child is learning, okay, how do I get into communication with you when you don't even see me? You don't hear what I'm saying. This example Raphael gave with uh, these friends, they were very psychic, the uh, parents. Yes. So, so the mother heard the child say, hey, you know, non-verbally say, I need to go to that restaurant and, and talk to somebody. And that happens to me all the time, as a, both as a child, as an adult. As an adult, I was very, very, became aware, oh yeah, I have to go here because there's somebody there I have to talk to. I don't know who it is I'm going to talk to, but I have to go there right now because I have to talk to somebody. Well, I've met a lot of children who recognized me from prior lifetimes. 
some of them even before I recognized them. One of my favorites was a few years back. Um, I'm in uh, Switzerland. I, I'm, our, I'm in southern Germany by the, uh, the Bodensee Lake. And uh, um, it was a beautiful area. I was giving a two-day seminar weekend. And during the uh, break, uh, lunch break, the, the, my interpreter said, oh, you haven't been here before, have you? And I said, no. Would you like me to, she said, would you like me to show you around the lake and a little bit of the sights around here while we have a little time? And I said, oh, that would be lovely. So she takes me on a little walk and we, you know, it was a great thing. And then uh, time's starting to get closer to where I have to start again. So we come back and we see some of the uh, students from the seminar all bunched together. They're having a good time talking and everything by the lake on this path that everybody walks by. So we stop to say hello to them and chit-chat. And then all of a sudden, I feel first, I, I felt this attention point on my back. So I turn around and there's lots of people, but there's just like a line of attention coming straight from the stroller, <laughs> baby stroller. And it was in quite a distance, so I couldn't quite tell who was what. And, and But it looked like a young mother with a baby in the stroller. Okay. And they're, you know, strolling this way. But the baby, the child, is the one with the attention, very strong attention point right on me. So when I turn around, the attention's right in front, and I telepathically said, hello there. And then next thing, the mother comes a little further with the stroller, but the baby, the toddler, she was a, just barely a toddler, steps out of the stroller. And the mother stops and looks at her and lets her climb out of the stroller. Uh, obviously, she's done this before. And she toddles out in front of the stroller. And stops. And she's looking right toward me. And at this point, she's about 30 feet away, maybe. And then she brightens up and she starts running oh, or waddling. <laughs> she starts waddling toward me as fast as she can. And I'm just kind of keeping her grounded so that she doesn't fall and hurt herself. And so I realize she's coming right to me, out of all the people around. And so I squat to wait for her at her kind of height. And she comes to about five feet away from me, four feet away and pretty close. She stops and she starts laughing and patting her legs and everything and just having a great time saying, I see you, I know you. And I go, yeah, I know you too, but where do I know you from? It wasn't from this lifetime. And then she runs over, flies into my, you know, flies onto my neck and wraps her arm around my neck, starts kissing me all over my face and laughing and kissing and laughing and kissing. And I'm astonished. And it's just the energy was amazing. And then she drops down again. She backs up a few steps, starts laughing and slapping her legs again, and then does it all over again. Grabs onto my neck, starts kissing me, laughing. And the mother 
amazingly, allowed her to do this. Total stranger to the mother, right? And I thought, God, this is great. <laughs> and she's letting her have this communication. And so we go through this like four times. And and then finally, the the mother says to her, oh, Rosa, you know, and she speaks in Spanish. Uh, come on back. And, and she starts to go back to the stroller, turns around and laughs at me again. And then finally, mama picks her up, puts her in the stroller and they walk by and the mother smiles at me. No communication on the physical level. And they go off. Well, it's my interpreter who told me, oh, that was amazing. And it was so amazing. The energy was so amazing between us that every single person, there must have been about 60, 70 people at that point around milling that area, around, yeah. milling around, walking. They all stopped dead in their tracks to watch what was going on. That was the kind of communication that went on non-verbally between this little girl from Spain and myself. And so the the interpreter is the one says, hey, you know, they were from Spain. They're, they're uh, tourists from Spain. And she said, you're going to have to go to Spain and go <laughs> find her. And for the longest time, I couldn't place her. What lifetime did I know her from? And blah, blah, blah. And talked to Raphael. And we said, could it be this person? That? No. And then finally, all of a sudden, I remembered. Like, I don't know how many years, 10, 20 years, maybe, but 30 years before I had, I was in a group photo, formal group photo. I was wearing a tuxedo. Oh, yes. At a church event. And I'm in the, toward the end of the photo. And this was when Rafi and I were still first together and we we're talking about maybe having a child. And the child that was waiting for, the, the being that was waiting to come in, if we were able to have a child, was a little girl. And she showed up on that group photo right sitting on my shoulder. It's clear as day. It's almost as clear as everybody else in the physical showed up in that photo. She was almost physical, her face and all her features. And I remember, oh, my God, this was the girl. <laughs> yeah, it was quite an amazing experience for Michael. He came, that was probably a feature of that particular trip. He yeah, took. and she she uh, showed up in the photo, but we, she couldn't come in to us as parents. And, you know, when you can't get into your first choice, you always have a backup, plan B. And obviously, this mother in, in Spain was her plan B. Yeah. And she was a happy, bright, beautiful girl and she knew you as a spirit which yeah. is really great and that's what children will often do is they'll especially capable ones who come in to fulfill a purpose mm -hmm. um, but they need to finish uh, business with some of the people from other lifetimes and they do it in their childhood yeah and the other boy that I was talking about earlier uh, he's the one who used to tell his mother out of the clear blue Mom, this isn't the way we did things in China. <laughs> Blue-eyed, blonde-haired, at that point, never been out of, the, not only the country, never been out of California at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I used, to, I used to tell my mom whenever she talked about, since I was raised Catholic, 
she would talk about Jesus and, and then we would go to church. And after church, sometimes I'd say to her, well, that's not what he would say. That's <laughs> my mother would look at me like, well, how do you know? Yeah. And I said, I just know. And of course, I was remembering. Actually, I remember doing that too. And what I remember personally was that I remember the lifetime mm-hmm. with him, yep. which is sort of interesting. At any rate, we're coming to our second break now. So I want to let you know about our upcoming teleclass, Your Third Chakra energy distribution, out-of-body experience, and response-ability. That's two words, response-ability, the ability to respond. As most of you know, this is the third of seven teleclasses in our ongoing teleclass series. You might be more psychic than you think. You can join us for this teleclass from anywhere in the world by phone on Saturday, September 28th at 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time. And you can always listen to it afterwards if you can't come in person. Details are on our website at michaeltamora.com, and you can sign up there or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours Pacific time. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of saying hi, kids, and talking with old souls in young bodies. See you in a couple minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. We're exploring today about Hi Kids, Talking with Old Souls and Young Bodies. Well, you know, Michael was talking earlier about um, children who come in with a purpose. We were both talking, speaking about that. 
And one of the things that I noticed is a lot of these capable children come in remembering what they're here to do. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a big family. And you get to see the interests and the, let's say, memory of purpose usually starts to unfold in children pretty young. Very young. So I have several brothers who are very top-level scientists, and they were the ones who were the most interested in chemistry sets and electronics. And even though there were no computers or anything back then, it was the best electronics you could get your hands on for kids. And it was really fun to be amongst all of them because – I was a, a sort of a different variety, where, <laughs> and a lot of you were born this way. And by the way, I'm sure some of you are thinking about when you were a little child, and why is it you turned out the way you did, or or why is it when you were two years old you were already knew you wanted to be with other children and teach other children and and or be uh, an actor or an actress, and you you put got your friends together and put on plays and that sort of thing. These are all our practice sessions of remembering what we came to do. And children do this. And then there are those who are more like me, where you come in and you don't have a clue (laughs) what you're here to do. All you know is you want to love people. You want people to be happier. And sometimes you end up bouncing around from job to job until you kind of find the place where that love can be given and accepted. Exactly. You knew absolutely what you're here to do, but not in the context of a career or, you know, what uh, specialty do you go into in physical life? Yes. And that's the difficulty a lot of souls that are healers have. Yeah. Because at this point, you know, now there's different options if you're interested in healing people, but it's still kind of oriented toward physical you know, something's wrong with the body, something's, you know, uh, not quite there, and maybe a little bit on the emotional, psychological level, therapy and stuff. But, but if you're a spiritual healer and a psychic, then there's no catalog thing of, especially in school, there's a horn in most families. Oh, do you want to grow up and be, be a, a clairvoyant reader yeah. <laughs> or a teacher or a spiritual teacher it's that's not in the on the menu and yet you just have all this to give and Raphael experienced it as all this love to give others might experience as I have all this truth to give others might experience it as I have all this joy to give and yet or laughter laughter yeah uh Am I supposed to be a comedian if I have a lot of laughter to give? Well, that's one way, but not the only way. And it doesn't have to be in the context of a career, of a of a profession or anything like that. You could have one kind of profession. I meet a lot of healers in training, so to speak, uh, training of life, being waiters and waitresses. That's why so many... Healers have to go through that as a temporary job at a low-paying place, and they don't think they like it or anything. But no, it's important because what does a healer do? You have to communicate. You know, listening to Raphael talk about her coming, uh, you know, growing up, I got to remember 
oh, yeah, well, what did I do? Well, I remember the things I did, like I used to love to to communicate with little creatures that I find. And, and then I used to love to do little, very intricate model building work. But I didn't realize what did I do all the time was my mom wanted to talk with me and hear ideas about life. So from the early age, we'd sit there and a lot of times late into the night, we'd sit there on the in the living room couch talking about life and and what it's for, what what happens, things like that. I think that's really interesting because one of the stories Michael tells often is that um, when he was just born and the nurse handed <laughs> Michael over to his mother, she got a little frightened because she was expecting a cute little baby and instead what she saw when she held her newborn son <laughs> was a very wise old man so she handed the baby back to the nurse and went i'm not ready for this <laughs> but by the time you were in your teens which we're going to be talking about in next week yes uh, you were able to start to manifest that practice with her your wisdom yes what wisdom you had even as a teenager so one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, bringing it back to babies and children is that especially the old souls, but all souls, really, all the souls of the children, um, they're pretty wide open and they're, mm. they still have a foot in the other world, especially babies. And so if you are wanting to communicate with a child, you don't want to do it with all your power and all your energy because all they're going to do is run away screaming. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I learned in being able to communicate with the spirit of that child is first practice being in my own space mm -hmm. and being able to speak with them, especially if they're nonverbal still, is being able to speak with them spirit to spirit. And I speak to them just like an adult soul um, on that level. Now, when I start to coo and, and do the whole talking with a baby thing, I also say hello to that spirit as that adult soul. You mm -hmm. know, you're, you're, I'm validating, yes, the baby bo the, the, your body is a baby still, and I'm going to play peekaboo and all those mm -hmm. fun things for a baby, but I see you as that grown-up soul that you are, waiting for that time for you to be able to start communicating. Absolutely, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's key. What Raphael said is actually the key for communication, good communication with everyone from babies on, but especially important for little children, babies, uh, just getting here. They need to be welcomed. And it's... You know, one of the things I see with somewhat more conscious parents these days, they find out, they go, oh, my child is this very advanced soul. Oh, yeah. And then it goes the opposite. It's the other way to the extreme where they start practically worshiping that child and kissing their feet and, you know, everything because they're actually correct that the soul is very far along. But they're still the adults, they have to be the adults, and they have to treat that child as a child. It doesn't matter if the soul is that of a spiritual master coming in. I've known quite a few of those. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but they're still coming in to the body and mind of a child, right? So until they fully gain their their grounding here and know-how of how to function, they need to be guided. And the parents are the guides. Parents are always the guides, even if the parents are, let's say, on a soul level, uh, younger than the child, which is most of the time. I In almost every family, I see that the child, the soul of the child is usually further along than the souls of the parents, but not always. They're sometimes completely opposite. But the as a parent or as a school teacher or a minister or doctor or police officer, anyone who deals with children in especially extenuating circumstances has to be able to go, okay, the child is a child and whatever age the body is, so just like Raphael said, on that level, if you're dealing with a baby, you're playing peekaboo and kukuchikuchiku and all that kind of stuff. What bothered me as a soul is adults, when I was a baby, who did the kuchikuchiku stuff with the body with no recognition, no validation, no communication of me as the spirit that I was. Michael has that unusual thing of having... Uh, been able to remember his oh, early, early childhood um, experiences. I it's very rare, but it does happen. And um, you know what? The the thought I have sometimes when I see little children in restaurants and so on who want to get my attention is that every soul coming into a young body has some important moments ahead of them. Just like an adult, and just by ignoring them or not saying hello to them could actually could actually traumatize them in some way. Yeah. And again, don't be guilty if you're a parent and, and you've done that <laughs> with your children or with other children. I mean, that's part of growing up too. But the more we're aware as adults, the better and easier it becomes for the children. But again, it's important to realize, don't give up your seniority to your children because they're still children and they still need guidance. But at the same time, on a spirit-to-spirit level, you have to recognize who they are. You have to recognize them as a capable, full-grown soul and who's had many lifetimes of experience under their belt. But they need the guidance on how to start to bring that experience back right here, right now, in this lifetime. I mean, there are souls, I've met souls, who are very awake and, you know, almost enlightened, but they end up uh, stuck on drugs or, or even committing suicide, all kinds of stuff, because they didn't get the guidance on how to manage their incredible sensitivity, awareness, and power. So, so it's you got to look at both sides and have that. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. And, you know, next time you're somewhere and you see a child, you know, looking at you, say hello to them from your mind to theirs and just watch what happens. <clears throat> you don't have to do what that man did in that restaurant and 
actually go over and talk to them. Some In this day and age, people don't trust other people too much, but you can get into that spiritual communication. All right, we hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights and tools today. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our show, Communi- Communicating Spirit to Spirit with Teens. We'll explore saying hello to those bright and capable souls who are growing up as teenagers. Remember, too, that we'll be in Burlington, Vermont next weekend, Saturday, September, not this weekend, but the following weekend, Saturday, September 20th, and Sunday, September 21st, and Michael will be teaching two inspiring all-day seminars. Make sure to check out our website events listing for September for all, and all the details to sign up. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530-926-2650. We hope to see you there. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We look forward to speaking with you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.